I'm Frank, and I'm not a big fan of BJ's Wholesale Club super low gas prices. I don't trust things that low. Started in 92. Big office Christmas party. Come on, join the limbo line. Now I see a chiropractor. So, no, BJ's. I don't want super low gas prices. Okay, then. But if you'd like super low gas prices and a $40 digital BJ's gift card, join the new BJ's Wholesale Club. Opening soon in New Albany. Visit BJ's.com slash New Albany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only. Hi, I'm Frank. I don't like change. And I just saw a billboard for this new BJ's Wholesale Club talking about up to 25% off grocery store prices. Oh, really? What's wrong with paying full price, huh? No, sir. I would not join BJ's Wholesale Club. Let's agree to disagree, Frank. Say you do want to sign up to get a $40 digital BJ's gift card. Join the new BJ's Wholesale Club, opening soon in New Albany. Visit BJ's.com slash New Albany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only. Welcome to This Week in History, uh, with me, your host, Daniel, the Viking Gambling, uh, the Viking being a nickname, uh, I uh, apologise to those of you who don't know, but uh, if you ever have a look at me, um, you'll understand why. <laughs> um, this year, I'm starting a new podcast uh, regarding history, uh, historical facts, historical information, um, and hopefully we'll give you guys uh, something decent for you to listen to. Um, trying to cover some of the most important aspects of history, some of the biggest things um, in history and uh, I'd like to try and cover them on a weekly basis Uh, sometimes obviously that's not going to be possible um, but I'm going to do everything I can to make sure we get an episode out every single week Uh, so welcome to 2020, hope everybody's had a good new year Um, and I thought what more of a fitting way to start a new year than to cover the 1st of January for our first week. So the 1st of January we're going back to 1863, which was the Emancipation Proclamation. So for those of you who don't know, the Emancipation Proclamation was Abraham Lincoln, uh, his introduction for the abolishment of slavery in the southern states of America. So, Abraham Lincoln being the 16th president of America Um, he was president from 1861 which was the start of the civil war to 1865 believe it or not the end of the civil war where he was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth so many of you probably aware of that anyway so on to the Emancipation Proclamation so it was first introduced on September the 22nd in 1862 so it was actually introduced the year before now it was introduced due to the fact that the Union needed to do something 
they had to do something to change the direction of the Civil War. Now, during the American Civil War at this time, the Union had suffered many, many defeats, um, and they were not looking in a good shape for the rest of the war. So Abraham Lincoln uh, gave the Confederates 100 days. So there was 100 days between the 22nd of September 1862 and the 1st of January 1863. He gave them 100 days to basically to put down their guns, to stop fighting, and then that would be the end of the war and they would free the slaves. Um, if they refused, then they were going to free the slaves anyway. So they didn't really have much choice in the matter. So the introduction of it did actually change the direction of the Civil War and it did give the Union a slight upper hand. So at this point, like I said, in history, the American Civil War was causing a few stirs around the globe. Um, a lot of people didn't really understand it. Um, there was, even now, I believe, people don't really understand it. Um, and the Confederacy was gaining a lot of strength and a lot of support around around the early 1860s um, Britain and France both were on the verge of recognizing the confederacy as its own as its own nation as its its own devices and sort of separating it from the United States of America so they there was that impending doom almost over the union that if Britain and France ever got themselves involved in this conflict um, I think it had been been a very different outcome um, and I think we'd be looking at a very different history right now um, than what we are looking at so it was essentially very very important for Abraham Lincoln to uh, deter Britain and France from ever supporting the Confederacy um, so with that he brought out the Emancipation Proclamation now obviously that wasn't the only reason behind it but it, it did play a big part in it um, so like I said many people when and myself included until I, I, I sort of researched this uh, believe that the Emancipation Proclamation was Lincoln freeing every slave in America and that, that was the end of slavery um, that's not true so uh, that shocked me a little bit to, to sort of realise that and, and from what I'm aware um, from sort of listening to other, other people and other historians um, that in America you, you are sort of taught that, that you know he, he did free the slaves uh, whether that's you know correct or if you are taught that or not is, is, I, I'm not a professor in America but um, you know it, it's very broad it's a lot it's a lot deeper than that he he didn't necessarily free every slave on that day you know there there was a lot behind it um although in the end lincoln did um the emancipation proclamation was not the 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 end of it it was the start and i think that was um where i got a little bit confused so, you know i was always under the impression that the emancipation proclamation was the document that freed the slaves and um, that that's not correct so um, obviously with the Emancipation Proclamation he did have to wait to bring it out because it wasn't, it wasn't the most popular thing in America at that time it wasn't uh, not everybody agreed with you know allowing freedom of slavery um, and a lot of people were quite happy to see it carry on um, and you know he had to wait for the opportune moment to, to bring it out 
uh, like I said, the first year or so of the the American Civil War, you know, the Union was sort of getting their butts whooped a little bit by the Confederates. They they had no decisive victories at this point, um, and then the seventeenth of September, eighteen sixty two, was was a little bit of a turning point for the Union Army. So this was the Battle of Antietam in the seventeenth of September, which was fought between General Robert E. Lee, uh, one of the Confederate generals probably the most famous confederate general um, and his army of northern Virginia uh, and probably the most famous union general especially from my point of view uh, General George McClellan and the army of the Potomac so again one of the most famous armies in the union Um, so this battle was fought over one day um, and it has been dubbed the bloodiest day in United States history there was 22,717 men dead, missing or wounded so although Gettysburg is probably the most famous um, and and definitely the most bloodiest battle um, Gettysburg lasted three days uh, Antietam was one day so quite a bit of a difference uh, 22,000 dead, missing or wounded in one day I mean that's almost you know that that would have taken them days to count the bodies let alone um anything else i mean it's just unheard of um absolute savagery um when you look at it it's you know but um and the worst bit i i think was that and this it goes the same throughout all history as such a barbaric event like that is is used to create something good you know and I think it's um, you know it, it's a very strange tactic, um, but propaganda is wonderful. You know it's worked throughout history, um, and the because there was no decisive winner at Antietam, it gave Lincoln and the Union that chance to finally sort of say, this was our this was our victory. We we took it. They, they, there was a slight tactical advantage to it, but um, from everything I've read, there was not not a huge amount of win either way um so he used that as a tactical spin to introduce the emancipation proclamation five days later um and use that as sort of a a stepping stone to freeing the slaves or to at least um sort of damaging the confederacy so like i said um contrary to popular beliefs lincoln did not um did not free all the slaves on on that day you know on the 1st of january um it's uh, it was not his goal anyway you know his his goal was not to to free the slaves when the the war started lincoln wasn't necessarily bothered about the slaves you know he was uh, he, he I, I don't think he ever agreed with slavery but i don't think it, it certainly wasn't the the priority um, I mean, just earlier in the year, in August the 22nd in 1862, uh, Lincoln was quoted in a newspaper, that my paramount object in this struggle is to save the Union and is not either to save or destroy slavery. If I could save the Union without freeing any slave, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing all the slaves, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing some and leaving others alone I would also do that what I do about slavery and the coloured race I do because I believe it helps to save this union now 
to me, as a historian, that that is not him saying that he disagrees with slavery. That is him saying, actually, I don't care. As long as I get to keep my union intact, I don't care if we have slaves or if we don't have slaves. I don't think he believed it was bad or good. I think he, he just was concerned about keeping the union together. Um, I mean, as the 16th president of the United States, I don't think his legacy, he wanted to uh, to be the man who split up the, the United States. So, um, very, very important. Very interesting to know that um, you know that quote alone it, to me it was very interesting reading that and sort of thinking you know I'm not not necessarily a hundred percent sure that he's the uh, the savior that that we've we've read about um, and again this is also slightly backed up by um, by the the initial proclamation that was uh, in September um, where he wrote on the first day of January in the year of our Lord 1863 all persons held as slaves within any state or designated part of a state the people whereof shall then be in rebellion against the United States shall be free thenceforth and forever free so again he's saying yes I want to free the slaves but I want to do it in a way that's going to damage the confederacy in other words if you are in the confederacy and you have slaves your slaves as far as I'm concerned are free uh, and you know on the on one concept that you know it sounds sounds good you know uh, you, you would initially have thought that um that the confederacy were the the only states that had slaves you know but but that's not true um there were a handful of states that were union states that did have slaves um so if you were a slave in delaware kentucky west virginia or missouri you were not free um so you didn't have those rights so as soon as he passed the emancipation proclamation and you were a slave in delaware kentucky west virginia or missouri and you probably started cheering when you read it you actually weren't free at all you know it didn't affect you 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 still had to deal with the atrocities that that you had to deal with on a daily basis so i think um it's it's quite disgusting when you look at it it, it was uh it was more of a ploy or um a tactic so to speak to crush the confederates more than it was to free the slaves you know his his primary goal was to protect the union and if states like delaware kentucky and and so on if they if they were ever to join the confederacy that that would damage the damage the union very very drastically so i think he was saying well you know because you're part of the union and you have slaves we're not going to touch you it's not going to affect you don't worry about it um just to keep them sweet um and i think you know again it's a case of you look at abraham lincoln as this this savior as this wonderful man who who saved the slaves and and you know freed the slaves from probably one of the worst atrocities in human history 
and in reality he he wasn't really he wasn't really doing that you know it, it was just well let's you know let's protect the union and well if we can free a few then we'll free a few you know it's not it's not the be all and end all of of his policy and and I think again he, you know when you look at you look at history and, and it does come across as he was trying to free all the slaves and and I think you know it's interesting to look into um he wasn't stupid by any stretch of the imagination abraham lincoln was possibly one of the smartest politicians america has ever had um he knew that by changing it to make it about slavery would cause the confederates to possibly fight harder possibly fight a little bit more stupid um and you know uh, if you're angry it's, it's general concept in in war in general human behavior um people who fight angry don't necessarily fight the best um i think he knew that i think he thought well you know we're gonna you know we we they they don't like us we don't like them we're gonna actually give them a reason not to like us and and added to that countries like britain and france who uh potentially were going to give them a little bit of support and potentially change the entire course of the war when he flips it to being about slavery britain and france would have gone oh no 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 sorry we're not interested you know britain um abolished slavery in 1833 um thanks to um william wilberforce one of the uh the men behind the the abolishment of slavery um actually not far from my hometown um in hull uh, i'm not from hull um but i i do live in grimsby um which is just over the water so for any of you that don't know with you know this podcast is coming to you from grimsby um so you know he he was slavery had, had been abolished in in england for over 30 years by this point um France respectively had abolished slavery in 1794 um for those of you who do know your history France did reinstate slavery in 1802 um for the Napoleonic Wars but then abolished it again completely throughout their colonies in 1848 so France you know were they they had got rid of them they had got rid of slavery and and got rid of that stigma they did bring it back for a war wartime period and and then abolished it again um i know someone would have called me out on that when i say they they abolished it in 1794 so for countries who had already distanced themselves from slavery to then be told well actually if if you back this confederate government and this confederacy you will be supporting slavery the british queen victoria couldn't be seen to to have anything to do with that um not only that i mean at this time um queen victoria um, and britain they were they were dealing with their own their own problems um around sort of the the 1860s um the exploration of the world britain was trying to expand the empire um there was a lot of things going on in britain that you know they, they didn't really want to burden themselves with with something that didn't that could have given them a bad name you know um or <laughs> let's be honest a worse name than what britain already had at that time um so like i said the emancipation proclamation it it was 
it was effective and it wasn't effective. There were pros and cons for it. Um, the pros being um, it it gave freedom to certain slaves. Um, it gave certain people that ability to 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 have the moral high ground i would say you know the 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 union had that moral high ground that ability to turn around and say you know well yes we're fighting a war but but we're we're fighting for good you guys are fighting for for evil um and and that i think was was very very important um to sort of the propaganda throughout throughout the states um at this time um you know the the other thing that I, I do think needs you know one of the negative things and it does need to be noted was um, if on January the first eighteen sixty three your state or your town or your area was under union control you were not a free slave so like I said the four states of Delaware Kentucky West Virginia and Missouri those slaves were never freed um, on that date. But also the state of Tennessee. Now Tennessee was under Union control in it in at the start of eighteen sixty three, and therefore any slaves in Tennessee at that time were also not free. And the same goes for the southern part of Louisiana, um, when the city of New Orleans, um, probably one of the most famous cities in the world, um, you you know they 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 weren't free. You know they they didn't have that ability i mean especially i think especially for new orleans you know to look at the rest of louisiana and you know think you know they're under confederate control and we're under union control but yet we're still being treated the same what's what's the the difference you know what's the di- how how are these guys any better when we're not free but yet we're under the control of a government who want us to be free um you know the other thing to note in in this time frame was you know it's just because you're officially if you were in a confederate state you were officially a free slave you were or sorry a free man not a free slave uh, you were a free man or free woman it wasn't like you could just get up and walk out you know if if that that was the case i think that you know that would have happened years before um but they couldn't they couldn't just go oh, well you know that's it Lincoln said we're free see you later we're off um, it didn't work like that you know they these slaves were not free until the Union freed them until the Union turned up on their doorstep and said everyone in this this plantation or this, this farm or wherever you are you are free until that happened they were not free just because a bit of paper said they were they were not free um, you know, and I think it is it is important to note that, and it is certainly important to realise how many African American soldiers joined the Union Army. Um, I mean, you're talking 179,000 African American soldiers joined the Union Army at this point. Um, I mean that that was 10 percent. 10% of their army was African American. I mean, 10% of the country wasn't even African American. So, 10% of the country you know they 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 were fighting for for good and and you know i I've, I've never been in a war situation but um had i ever have been in a situation that that these african americans found themselves in 
to then be freed and then be told well actually if you come and fight for us you could be freeing your brothers your sisters your kids you know a lot of these families were split up so men were in one part of the country and and their their children and wife and children were were in different parts of the country so to actually have these guys to ha- to fight for you um would have been huge you know it, and i i think i i would have signed up as well I, you know i can't imagine there's many people that wouldn't have um and i think the union used that to their advantage knowing that they had that ability to bring in more soldiers um and bring in more navy there were 19,000 uh, naval men i mean you're talking nearly 200,000 people there um african americans that that came to fight for the union that came to fight for freedom um and it's a, it's a lovely story you know to think that 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 they 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 came to fight for a cause that you know had been introduced by somebody and you know not just somebody by by abraham lincoln it, you know he introduced this this freedom of of slavery and and i think you know a lot of people did you know they jumped on it they it was a brilliant idea at the america was finally following the rest of the world and finally getting rid of that well not getting rid of but at least trying to get rid of that that stain on their history um so you know like i said lincoln he he was very clever um he knew they had to keep those border states um he also faced a lot of problems um from the u.s constitution so um the u.s constitution um, for those of you who don't know is basically their rule book almost on how the government is run um, so the US, every, every country has one um, but the US constitution is their own um, and they um, the quote, well not the quote but the the um, constitution states that a federal government um, or the government for, for the British uh, the federal government which is the, the government in control and they have no right over slavery in slave states so if the state has slavery and the state laws allow slavery the federal government cannot change that and the federal government have no jurisdiction over that um so this was another problem that lincoln faced you know a lot of these states were saying well you can write down what you want mate but you don't have control over us you you are not in control of our state you are you don't make the laws in our state you can make the federal laws but you can't make the state laws um so tough basically um so this this led lincoln to um the commander-in-chief speech that um, i'm sure some of you may or may not know um which goes now therefore i abraham lincoln president of the united states by virtue of the power invested in me as commander-in-chief of the army and navy of the united states in the time of actual armed rebellion against the authority and government of the united states and as a fit and necessary war measure for suppressing said rebellion so what he's saying is is i'm in charge of the army and i'm in charge of the armed forces and therefore i can make a decision that directly affects the armed forces i am in charge of that so although i may not be able to make your laws i can bring this into power because i believe that 
this is the only way to protect the union and you are in rebellion to the union you are against me you are against the united states and this is a necessary measure to eradicate that threat so what he's saying is it's a war measure it's not that he wants to free the slaves he has to free the slaves he doesn't want to do it but he has to do it to allow the confederacy to lose or allow the union to win the war um which again it 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 sort of casts him in in slightly negative light um it does make him look as if he isn't necessarily backing the the freedom of 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 people he he just he has to do it he doesn't want to um and i think that causes a few issues as a historian to look into and sort of think well you know there are a lot of pros and cons to this whereas you you look at it if you don't know much about it you'd look at the emancipation proclamation and literally just see positives but there are negatives to it as well um you know on the 1st of january 1863 there were zero slaves freed so when he brought out the policy of freeing the slaves he actually managed to free none so it, there are negatives to it he he didn't necessarily do what he set out to do in the time frame that he set out to do it um i mean the end result obviously was the abolishment of slavery and the 13th amendment um in 1865 so the 13th, 13th amendment excuse me is the end of slavery in america so that um that ability to to do that um allowed him to progress to the 13th amendment um and it allowed it gave him that that standpoint of you know we are we have abolished slavery we have moved forwards um and let's try to heal the wounds of the damage we've caused and try and put this dark side to our history behind us so um you know it it was it was important definitely um you'd you'd be very very ignorant to think that the emancipation proclamation had nothing to do with slavery um but i do believe that it does need to be looked at from a slightly more objective standpoint than what it possibly has done by many many people um throughout history um the fact that he he didn't free all the slaves i think that to me is the biggest the biggest thing you know you've got these four states that run across the border um with the confederacy and he didn't those those men women and children who had nothing you know that they, they weren't freed they they had no they had nothing nothing going for them um they they'd lost you know they're seeing other states where the union were walking into the states and freeing slaves but yet if you were a slave in kentucky you had to just stand there and watch you know you couldn't do anything about it and you were still mistreated and you know beaten and all the atrocities that went with it you had no say in it you couldn't get away from it you you were stuck um you know and it, it's it's a horrible thing to to imagine that a country can pick and choose 
which slaves are free and which slaves aren't free just purely to protect their own flag um, and their own union I, I you know it's it sort of it's a little bit disgusting um, especially like I said from a from a, an outsider's point of view um, when you when you research it it does sort of give you that that sort of standpoint where you go I'm not 100% sure that this is the best thing you know it's not as good as as it's been made out in in the past you know you look through history and, and it comes across as this wonderful thing by this wonderful man who's done this amazing thing and in reality he was sort of forced to do it he didn't really have much of a choice um and i'm not sure you know how i feel about that um i do know that he was instrumental in the 13th amendment and had it not been for him um <clears throat> i don't know how long it could have been until the slaves were freed in america so um you know you'd be very ignorant to think that he he was bad but i don't necessarily think it was his his main goal um to to free the slaves and and that to me doesn't doesn't sit very well you know the war itself would have made a lot more sense if that had been the goal right from the start not an afterthought there is one thing that obviously the emancipation proclamation did give um it gave the union the moral high ground um, massively they had that stance of you know we want to free the slaves we are the good guys um, if you are fighting for the confederacy if you are fighting to keep slavery then you're not a good person you know it gave them that that good and evil that that um that ability to look at themselves as the saviors um and to to look at the confederacy as you know so this sort of barbaric army that that didn't care about its fellow human beings and and i do think that would be one of the main reasons why britain and france just just didn't get involved you know they they weren't interested in that they they couldn't side themselves with with uh with slavery um and nor should they you know nor should anyone it's not it's not something that anybody should be privy to um and i'm you know we all know it, it happens um but i i can guarantee you that it doesn't happen to that scale um anymore or at least i hope it doesn't happen to that scale anymore um you're talking hundreds of thousands of people um in some of the worst conditions ever just not treated like human beings and it's a a basic human right to be treated with a bit of dignity and that you know slavery is just a, a huge stain on modern history really um it's a stain on the british history it's a stain on american history it's a stain on on everyone um it wasn't a good part of british society that's that's why we abolished it it wasn't a good part of american society that's why they abolished it um but knowing what we know now um i hope that you know history doesn't ever repeat itself and we are never put in a situation where honest abe or someone similar has to come along and you know do something that should never have had to have been done in the first place so 
anyway that was uh, my information uh, my stories uh, on the Emancipation Proclamation um, from the 1st of January 1863 so <clears throat> I do hope that you uh, you learned something today um, I do hope that there are some things you can take away from this um, you know the, the whole point of my podcast is to inform to help people um, if you're doing any subjects at school um, university, college um, I am a qualified historian so I do hope that you know any of this can help you um, and if it does wonderful, if it doesn't then I hope you enjoyed listening at least um, if there is anything that you would like us to cover um, anything going forwards let me know, let me know the date and I'll try and fit it in on that week um, there are certain subjects that I will be covering going forwards um, I would love to cover some of the British kings and queens um, being British myself um, massive part of our history um, and the royals are, are a huge part in that um, there are certain battles um, throughout history I would love to cover um, so for me the Battle of Agincourt um, the Somme certain things like that um, just they, they're massive in British history um, and I do hope that um, this doesn't put off any of our American listeners uh, or our worldwide listeners um, you know again if, if, you're, if you're not from Britain, America if you're from further afield let me know I'm sure I can cover something uh, to do with your, your nation um, I would love to I'd love to cover things um, for anyone so just let me know uh, have a look at us on Facebook we are under This Week in History um, just type that into Facebook and you shall see um, our group just join the group feel free to message me on that um, if you don't feel confident doing that on Facebook we do have a an email address which is twihpod um, at gmail.com so feel free to drop me an email um, let me know if there's anything you would like us to cover um, like I said I'm quite happy to to um, accommodate uh, any anything any requests uh, if if I find them interesting um, I would I would love to do them so um, the other thing I would like to say is um, thank you for listening and if you have any feedback good or bad feel free to email me feel free to message me um, because like I said this is my first one um, this is the first podcast I'll be sending out hopefully they're going to get better and better and better um, so by all means you know let me know if there's anything I can improve on um, and I'd, I'd like to learn so um just a final thought, I would like to say thank you to my friends over at Realm of the Supernatural podcast, um, which is Aaron and Lee, um, wonderful guys, um, done a, I actually did an episode with them um, a few weeks ago on Norse mythology, so if you get a chance to, to have a listen, go check that one out, um, wonderful guys, and if it wasn't for them, uh, this podcast wouldn't be happening, so they've given me all the support and uh, information that I need to get this out so thank you very much guys I uh, really really appreciate that uh, hope you enjoyed my show and uh, just remember we all have history make yours great hi I'm Frank I don't like change 
And I just saw a billboard for this new BJ's Wholesale Club talking about up to 25% off grocery store prices. Oh, really? What's wrong with paying full price, huh? No, sir. I would not join BJ's Wholesale Club. Let's agree to disagree, Frank. Say you do want to sign up to get a $40 digital BJ's gift card. Join the new BJ's Wholesale Club, opening soon in New Albany. Visit BJ's.com slash New Albany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only. At Kroger, we believe local produce shouldn't be hard to find. That's why we work with local farms right in our own backyard to bring the fresh produce you love to our stores. From homegrown watermelon that makes your mouth water to crisp corn picked right around the corner. Come pick out some yourself, because shopping for local produce should be as easy as shopping at your local Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm Frank, and I'm not a big fan of BJ's Wholesale Club's super low gas prices. I don't trust things that low. Started in 92, big office Christmas party. Come on, join the limbo line. Now I see a chiropractor. So, no, BJ's, I don't want super low gas prices. Okay, then. But if you'd like super low gas prices and a $40 digital BJ's gift card, join the new BJ's Wholesale Club, opening soon in New Albany. Visit bj's.com slash newalbany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only. After Justin Bieber teamed up with Tim Hortons to create Tim Biebs, he knew his job wasn't done. So he's bringing Tim Biebs back and pairing them with his delicious new French vanilla Biebs brew, steeped for 16 hours. That's 16 long, pensive, dedicated hours. But hey, take it from Justin. It's worth the wait. Try my new French vanilla Biebs brew for a limited time, only at Tim Hortons. Order it with your favorite Tim Biebs for the perfect pairing at participating U.S. restaurants while supplies last.